Hey guys, welcome back to the Heating Up Podcast. In today's episode, we take a look at the second night of action across the league. We also will preview the big NBA slate for Christmas Day. It's a really fun episode, so stay tuned. As always, please let us know how you feel on Twitter. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure you're subscribed and you're following on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we got a good look at the NBA, the second night of action. It was a full slate, a little bit of a bummer that there are no games tonight. Um, We're going to give everyone a full recap of last night and then also look ahead to the big Christmas Day games. I want to start this episode off first by looking at the Boston and Milwaukee game from last night. Uh, Before we give our takes on it, I'm going to play a clip um, and just kind of give everyone an idea of what the national stage media has to say about this game. Because the fake take would have been, this is the arrival of a superstar. These are the moments. Oh, yeah. This is how Jason Tatum takes the next leap. And you're going to hear that all throughout the day. Here's the real take. That was an egregious miss that was missed so badly it went in. That's the answer. So, like, what's the bigger deal? Well, Giannis missed a free throw barely. Tatum missed his shot by four feet. So badly that it banked in. I totally agree. Because here's what I know. He was not trying to bank this in. He missed it, not by this much, but by this much. I know. And so, listen. All right, so you get a gist of what they're saying there. They're saying that that should have been Tatum's big moment as a superstar coming into the league. Um, And everyone's going to take it as like, wow, this was an amazing shot. He hit it over the back-to-back MVP, Boston is going to be that team in the East this year. And what he's saying is that was like 90% luck. Uh, Will and Jacob, I was kind of curious what you guys thought of that because as much as I don't like the Celtics, I hate the Bucks more. And I'm a big believer in Tatum, even though I like to dog on him. But I'm of the opinion that that shot was about 80% just throwing it up there and praying it did what it did. What do you guys think? Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a huge moment for Tatum. It's a big thing. But if you look at the game, he didn't play great throughout the game. He had 30, but had a negative plus minus. Only shot 12 of uh, 28. And that shot, you're right. Like Giannis was on him. He had hands right in his face. And that was that was just a prayer. That wasn't really him aiming it up, trying to bank it in. That was just a prayer. So I don't I don't take that like with much. I take it with a grain of salt on most that shot. But it was a good shot. But just not like a superstar moment. Yeah, Jacob, what do you think? Like, he wasn't aiming to bank that shot, and surely that wasn't his goal. Um, I don't know how many elite players are aiming to bank in a three any point in the game. Yeah, and, like, big kudos to him. Like, he made it, and that that's a tough shot that, like, only the super superstars in the league are going to make. Or take. But, or even, yeah, like, take. Well, that's why they're going to be the only ones that make them, I guess. But I just... I want to lean on the side of that. That shot was luck over skill. I, the skill for the separation, yeah, Giannis is a great defender, but let's not pretend that that was anywhere close to Jason Tatum's intentions to do what he did. Um, either way, it was a really good game. Boston won. I was really mad because I, I, tur- I turned the game off because I thought it was over, and then I looked to see that Giannis gets a weak whistle and a chance to send the game into overtime, and then he chokes the second free throw. What was your guys' big takeaway from the game? This is pretty much what I expected. I thought it would be a close game going either way. 
Um, everyone looks about where I thought they would be. Um, my big takeaway was probably how uh, big Jeff Teague is to the Celtics. I didn't realize that's a really, really good uh, signing they had. He played really good. He had 19 and uh, four, but it really surprised me with how well he kind of like gelled in in his first uh, actual game. For mm-hmm. them, so. Jake, what did you take away from the game? Uh, well, one, this is something I guess all of us have noticed, and we continue to say it, but Giannis cannot handle pressure, for one. And then for two, um, Jason Tatum is Carmelo, like I said before. Yeah, and I think what one of the biggest things to see with the Celtics was um, not that Hayward's like a bad player, but him being gone opens up that court a lot for, I like to call them the Jays, um, with Tatum and Brown, who I think where the league is right now and what Boston needs to do is take those two guys and fit the team around them. Um, Hayward just kind of clogged it up for more so um, Brown than Tatum. And and Kimba um, obviously doesn't play, and they just look more fluid. Not that Kimba's a bad player, but again, when you have guys like the Jays, I feel like Kimba clogs that up a little bit. And maybe Boston is better with, with a Teague who doesn't really demand the ball much and kind of plays within a system. And you go through your two big star players who I think are both all-stars this year. Um, I love Jalen Brown. So, Will, what do you think? I mean, Do you think it's time for Boston to start looking like Maybe we need to focus our team on building around these two guys, which is solid role players. Do you think Kimba is a part of this team long-term? I mean, you want to just think that since Kimba is so talented that he is the best fit for him. But I honestly do think they need to trade Kimba if anyone's willing to take him and just get a collection of decent players. You don't need Someone I think would do great there in a trade partner that could probably work is sending him to uh, Indiana and get maybe Brogdon, and mm-hmm. maybe someone like Turner or something like that for Kemba. I think that'd be great for them because I don't think Kemba, he's more of a, he needs the ball. He's a ball-dominant guard. So uh, I think him in that system just doesn't fit as perfectly as it could, like you would imagine. Yeah, one trade that I was kind of going over in my head, but I, I don't think they'll do it now, especially with the, the way this team drafted. But sending Kemba to like an Orlando for a potential like Vucevic or something, because um, I, I think Orlando is going to look towards moving away from him, but I don't see Orlando. I mean, they've got Markel and Cole Anthony. They both played really, really good, and I guess we can kind of segue into that game. It was really sloppy. I don't know if either of you watched the game. It was really choppy and ugly for both teams. Neither team played exceptionally well, lots of turnovers. Um, but Cole Anthony and Precious, both both of the big rookies in this game looked great like they belonged on the floor like they've played a full season of basketball already um jacob what is your takeaway from this miami orlando game and i'll preface this again by saying miami always plays and it feels like they always play orlando first game of the year and they always lose to orlando first game of the year Uh, i see like a lot of miami fans freaking out on twitter about this game at this point, it's basically tradition to lose on opening night to Orlando, so I'm not sure where the panic is coming from. But what do you take away from this game, Jacob? Uh, I mean, other than the fact that I, my 
my uh, first prediction about Cole Anthony being a bust. It looks wrong after tonight. Um, I still hate Cole Anthony. I'm still going to keep the bust train going. But Miami's going to be fine. Uh, this isn't anything to worry about. They're still easily the best in that division. And I think top three in the East. Yeah. Will, what do you take away from this game? Yeah, um, I wouldn't freak out if I'm a Heat fan. This, I mean, for the Magic, this is the uh, this is what they've been looking forward to since they got eliminated from the playoffs. And the Heat are just coming off a finals run. They're probably a little little uh, sloppy. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not putting 100% effort into this first game of the season. They know they're going to have to make another deep playoff run. So I wouldn't look too into this if I was a Heat fan. Yeah, and I think um, as a Miami fan, there were three players who like pretty like surprised me. Um, you get no minutes. Avery Bradley and Casey Okpala don't play a single minute in this game, and neither does Myers Leonard, um, which is just weird to me because we see big Casey Okpala minutes in the preseason, and he plays incredible, and we've been – begging for a player like Avery Bradley and we think he's a great culture fit and he doesn't play and Kelly Olynyk's out there being Kelly Olynyk and doing nothing and we've got Meyer sitting on the floor I I don't think we have much Kelly Olynyk minutes by the end of this season the way with Precious the way he played um and with Harkless he was making the right reads on defense he was struggling offensively um, but I think those will come. I have confidence in that. But Olenek, just everything feels clogged. Um, and then another guy, Kendrick Nunn, looks awful still. Um, he didn't play very many minutes, though. I don't anticipate him playing too much this year. But, I mean, that's that. Were there any games yesterday that were big surprises to you? Did you, Jacob, do you think, like, Looking at this slate of games yesterday, did any of those games jump out as like, wow, I did not see that coming? I mean, I guess I didn't see Atlanta scoring 80 points in the first half yesterday. But no, 83. I, so. I apologize. <laughs> that and I, I didn't think the Kings had a very good chance against the Nuggets. Yeah, that was like the Kings-Denver game. That was one of the more bizarre endings to a game ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get the block and then the or the the steal and then the run out, the miss and dunk and then the Harrison ends. Barnes potential poster, <laughs> buzzer beater and misses it and then like an out of nowhere buddy running healed. <laughs> buddy healed yeah like real weird. Um, I don't want to say like I I definitely picked the Nuggets to win yesterday, but I'm not like blown away that the Kings won, but I am surprised. That's probably the most surprising game for me of yesterday. Will, what is your big surprise? Probably how handily the Pelicans beat the Raptors. I, the Raptors are one of the better coach teams, and the more just they mesh together so well, they make the right plays. And I thought the Pelicans with new Bledsoe, new Adams, kind of have a little rust on them, not playing for a while. But no, they looked great. And also the Spurs beating the Grizzlies with Jaw having 44. That was pretty impressive to me. Well, yeah, and I mean, I the two, two of the three most like untalked about performances of the day. You got Demar Derozan shooting what like seventy percent, put up twenty eight, nine rebounds, nine assists, mm-hmm. and then you've got Brandon Ingram 
at an efficient 24 points with nine rebounds and 11 assists. So both of those games you just touched on, um, both like bigger margins of victories than I would have expected with like good top performers who like the national media just kind of passed over. I don't know if it's because it's just not flashy. DeMar's turned into this person like doesn't get any coverage. I don't know if it's because he's in San Antonio and they just like haven't performed well lately, but and I love Lonnie Walker from San Antonio as well. I think he doesn't get oh, enough and... talk about at all. He is great. In the dunk, did you see the dunk? Yeah, yeah it was a... on Dylan yeah. Brooks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, nothing crazy. Um, if I had to pick the most disappointing player of the day, uh, I mean, not to harp or hurt Will's feelings, <laughs> but Lamelo just well, he looked didn't awful. Look, yeah, yeah. Really sad. I, I can't remember the the exact details of the stat you gave me, but like one of three lottery picks or whatever to be skipped. One of held top scoreless three picks. With, yeah, it was like yeah, Sheen the beat and yeah. Greg Oden. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really hard to watch. And like if you watch, I watched the whole game, and it's not like there's any you know positive side to this. He looked awful on defense. He couldn't hit a shot. He would. He just he seemed lazy almost with the ball. He had this one play where he was dribbling. He was right past half court. And then, like, slowed down, lost the ball, gets the ball back, and then stops, and then gets it stolen again. He just looks like he's not ready for the NBA yet. It's it's hard to watch, especially when he's supposed yeah. to be the chosen one, the savior of Charlotte, and his first performance was just awful. Yeah, I mean, at least you have, like, Rozier had an incredible game. Oh, he game. looked great. Him and Hayward looked great, but everybody else, no. And Charlotte, I mean, obviously they lose by seven, but – if it wasn't for a disastrous second quarter, they win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got outscored by 20 in the second, um, end up losing by seven. So the other three quarters of the game, they outscored Cleveland by a, a total of 13 points. Um, Colin Sexton looked really good. Another like strange performance, Larry Nance Jr., 13 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists. Yeah, and he only got the start because Kevin Love was out, but he looked good. Yeah, looked really good. Um so I'm, I'm not concerned for Charlotte or Cleveland. I mean, I don't think they're kind of playing with house money. They are both younger teams. If they're in the lottery, like, it's almost good for them because they can just add to the youth and hopefully get more prospects. Um, their ceiling this year is, I guess, competing for that eight seed. So, I mean, neither neither one of these teams really have much projection. They've got a kind of a, a middle-of-the-pack ceiling and floor. Um, and also from that yeah, game, Garland, if he plays like this consistently, the jump he has from his rookie year to what I saw last night is crazy. He looked really good last night. And we'll pick on like one more player before we move on to um, tomorrow's Christmas Day games. But the Damian Lillard MVP campaign off to a <laughs> rough, rough start. Jacob, what – what do you think? Obviously, um, Nurk isn't a hundred percent healthy still. Um, Portland's got some new guys in the rotation. It's going to take some chemistry time. Do you think this is like a panic game for Portland, or it's a hey, just be patient, give us a few weeks? Uh, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say it's a panic game, but I don't know how much patience you can have when this is the team that was built around 
Dame over the offseason. I mean, when your your best player seen as a superstar across the league in his first game back from what people like he felt disrespected or whatever after like people were talking down about him after the first round and he comes out goes four for 12 from the field like yeah and also something i'd like to touch on is uh how jake said roko was one of the most underrated players in the league and got outscored by cj ellaby last night i just want to make that known (laughs) amen (laughs) amen we don't talk he'll be fine he'll be fine we we don't talk about it so that's that's basically the gist of yesterday's slate. Nothing like crazy, unexpected happened. Um, a lot of good games. I think it was a really good opening couple of days for the league. Um, obviously, now we don't have any games today, but we've got the big five. Well, big three, I think, tomorrow. Um, the noon game, New Orleans, Miami. Miami's a four-and-a-half favorite. Yeah. <clears throat> I, <laughs> I think they win, but I'm not sure they cover that. Um, it, it just depends on how much better they are. They had, I think, 23 turnovers as a team yesterday. 13 of those came from the combination of Jimmy and Bam. You're not, that's not going to happen very often. Um, Adebayo looked great. He was shooting jumpers. Um, I'm not sure what the official like jump shot um, attempts were. I think he was like three for six. And they all looked good. None of them looked um, forced or awkward. So I think Miami wins. I'm going to go ahead and say they cover just because we were a good free throw shooting team at the end of the game. If New Orleans got a foul, I just feel like five points is fairly manageable. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Who wins, Miami or New Orleans? Miami. Do you think they cover four and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Jay or uh, Will, what do you yeah, got? Yeah, I got Miami covering. I think Jimmy's going to step up, let everybody know, okay, we can have that loss. Let's start actually playing up to what we can play. And New Orleans is coming off a really good win, so they're going to be high on themselves. Yeah, Miami covering. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I think is the blowout of Christmas is the yeah. 230 <laughs> game, Golden State-Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee is a minus 10. I think they cover. I have Milwaukee covering that. Will yeah, this is got? Will's lock of the day for Christmas. Miami, I mean Milwaukee, uh, covering this ten points. They'll probably beat them by twenty-five if I had to guess. And I also would bet the over at two thirty-two and a half. Yeah, I would. I would say so, just because Golden State's going to get their one to one ten, and I think Milwaukee easily gets the one fifteen to one twenty. So all you got to do is get a couple extra points in that one, and you get the over. Jake, do you think Milwaukee, and do you think they cover? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty easily. I don't think there's much of a question. I'm actually surprised the spread isn't bigger than this. Well, so then we move on to the 5 o'clock game, which I think is interesting. Brooklyn is a minus three favorite. I actually have Boston winning. Will... Who do you have in this game? I have game? Brooklyn, and I have them covering, too. I mean, they were just – I know it was the Warriors, but they really, really impressed me opening night. And I don't want to, you know, obviously get ahead of myself and just overreact to the first game, but they looked really good. So I got Brooklyn covering. Yeah, I think what – the reason I'm going with Boston, um, one, because I, I'm high on Boston. I, I think they have a great chance to get to the finals this year. But also because I think we're looking at that – 
25-minute range for Durant for the first couple weeks of the season. And Boston is significantly better than Golden State. So I don't think 25 minutes of Durant is going to be like enough for Brooklyn to put this away easily. So I have Boston winning either way. Even if Brooklyn wins, I I don't see this being more than a one-possession game if Brooklyn wins. Jake, who do you have in this one? Uh, I have Brooklyn, but they're not covering the spread. Yeah, I, Brooklyn's really tough. I just I, I'm going off the assumption that the big players aren't going to play a lot of minutes, but we'll see. Eight o'clock, what I I don't think will be that good of a game either is Dallas versus LA. LA is a six point favorite. I have LA winning and covering if LeBron is playing and LeBron plays like LeBron minutes, like 30 minutes or something. Um, with no Porzingis and a beat-up Kleber, Montrez and Anthony Davis just feels like they'll they'll score a lot. I don't know what Dallas's remedy to that's going to be. Jacob, what do you have? Uh, L.A. covering the spread. Yeah. Will, anything Yeah, different? no, I don't have anything different. The city of L.A. might collapse under its own weight if the Lakers start 0-2 after winning the title, so... Oh, yeah. Well, my least favorite, like, my my number one NBA Twitter pet peeve is that, like, and I don't know where this is coming from, but, the, like, with Laker fans, if you're playing the Lakers, you can't talk bad about them and you can't beat them or you get made fun of. Because if you beat the Lakers and then you, like, try to troll them, it all they do is, like, LOL, like, it's a regular season game. Like, your win over the Lakers is your championship, LOL. Like, I... I cannot stand Laker Twitter is my least favorite fan base on. Not to call anyone out, but at Lake Show Yo, he tweets in the middle of the game when the Lakers are uh, uh, like coming back. He's like, oh, Battle of L.A., they said. And then at the end, when the Clippers fans are happy, he's like, oh, it's just a regular season game. No one cares. You you got to have Yeah, like hang hang a by. Yeah, like hang a banner, Clippers. Like this is your regular season champion. Like, I don't know. I. Laker fans drive me crazy on Twitter. 10-30 game, um, the matchup of the collapse of the Clippers from the playoffs. You've got the Clips and the Nuggets. Interesting. It's a two and a half, um, minus two and a half for the Clippers. I am going back and forth on it. Jamal Murray looked really, really bad um, in their first game. I think... This game means a whole lot more to the Clippers. I think this whole season means a whole lot more to the Clippers. I think they win. I think they cover. Um, Will, I'll go to you first. Do you? Who do you have yeah, winning this this, one? this game has been weighing on the Clippers' minds for about two months now. I think they win, they cover, and I'd say Paul George gets another 30 bomb in this game because this means way too much to Paul George. If they lose this game, or let me rephrase, if Denver wins this game handily, like they win by 15-plus points, is there panic for the Clippers, Jacob? Um, I mean, I think there's a little bit. But, I mean, you're not going to be be too worried after losing. That, especially since, I mean, they controlled the Lakers the entire game the other day which they're the favorites in the league. If you're 
getting a little worried after a loss to another up top team, then just seems like you're a little on edge from the start of the game. Yeah. Will, I'll ask you, um, obviously Kawhi Leonard has his place in this league as a superstar. He doesn't have to prove himself as a superstar. He is um, established. How, and I know it's only been one game, how many games of suboptimal, like 10 for 26 shooting, does Kawhi get before he starts getting put into question um, of his ability? Because every time Paul George has a bad game, everyone clowns him, everyone questions him. But Kawhi goes 10 for 26, and nobody bats an eye. And actually, I've seen more takes saying Kawhi had a great game just because he cleared space from Wesley Matthews and made a layup. So my question is, is how many bad offensive games can Kawhi have and the Clippers fan base be patient with him? I think, honestly, when it comes to Kawhi, it's not as much what Kawhi's doing. It's what LeBron is doing because – same city, same position, way older. People want to see that Kawhi can outplay LeBron while Kawhi is still in his prime and LeBron's in his late 30s. So I think he can play like that as long as he's staying up to par or if not better than what LeBron's doing. But if LeBron starts playing great and Kawhi's throwing out these 10 for 26 games, I think the uh, Clippers fans start to question, can he still do it what he did in Toronto and San Antonio? But it, it all depends on LeBron, I think. Mm-hmm. Who, Jacob, do you have as the highest scorer of the day tomorrow from all games across the slate? Who do you think is the highest point total? Uh, Jokic. I don't like Jokic, but I, I think Jokic is going to feast today. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. No, that, that's funny you say that because I thought I was going to be um, unique. When I said Jokic, so now I'll ask Will the same thing, and I'll try to think of like another player. Um, so, Will, who do you think is going to be the high score? I was stuck between um, Giannis and Luca, just because. I mean, more than likely, Schroeder's going to be on Luca, unless they put LeBron on him. But I'm going to go with uh, Giannis, just because he's pissed off. He lost the first game. The regular season means everything to the Bucks. So, yeah, I have Giannis going for possibly forty. Mm-hmm. I'll um, I'll try to be a little different. I am expecting a giant point total from Zion, only because um, if if something's wrong with Myers Leonard and he's not playing, that, the only player that could match up size wise and strength wise with Stephen Adams is Bam. So Bam's gonna have to slide over to Stephen Adams. Jimmy most likely is going to have to guard Brandon Ingram. So that leaves kind of like a weird gray area for Zion. We'll probably throw a mixture of Iggy. I expect KZ to play tomorrow. He almost has to because of how awful defensively we looked. Um, So Iggy and Kelly Olenek and KZ Opala, like Zion should get some points there. So I'll be creative and I'll say Zion. I also don't think it's crazy to say that um, someone like, Jalen Brown has a big point total again. I think he what he had thirty three against Milwaukee. He's one of those guys that, um, if if Tatum's playing well and getting a lot of attention, then Jalen Brown is able to 
kind of do his thing offensively. So either one of those guys I wouldn't be shocked by. Um, do you think there is a 50-point game tomorrow, Jacob? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say there would be. No, Will, do you think anyone hits Possibly 50 tomorrow? To be honest, I mean, it's prime time, Christmas Day, against the – who's he going to go against? Eric Pascal, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I'll throw this out there, James too. Wiseman. This is um, the first time I've seen this. Um, maybe this is common knowledge to you guys, but Draymond is not playing tomorrow. Yeah, I didn't think he would. So, yeah, yeah, Giannis. I think Giannis could go for 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's possible. Now, talking, kind of switching pace, going back to a James Harden topic, um, they're saying he's going to be available to play Saturday as long as his COVID tests um, come back negative the next couple of days. Obviously, he gets his big fine, um, 50K, I think it was. Do you guys think, like, are you of the opinion that James Harden deserves a suspension from his behaviors that have cost, I mean, a postponement potentially? Um, Will, do you think – uh, a suspension was necessary. Do you think if it was a non-superstar, it would have been a suspension? Um, I think they should have given a small suspension just to, you know, push the narrative that it doesn't matter who you are. If you're breaking the COVID protocols, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get suspended. So I think they should have suspended him for a little bit. But, I mean, I'm sure he would have rather have been suspended. I doubt he wants to play. So, I mean... uh He's <laughs> probably upset with not getting suspended either. But, yeah, I feel like they should have. Yeah, yeah, he might do it he again. He might be out there again. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, I would say he should have got suspended. I mean, a $50,000 fine to James Harden is nothing. <laughs> that proves nothing to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, No, I think the the big financial thing for Harden is if he if his test comes back positive, I can't remember the numbers. Um, I want to say it's something egregious, like half, like four hundred thousand. Well, it's like one seventy second of game. their uh, salary they lose. Yeah, yeah. So like, right under half a million dollars per game he would miss. I think, which is that's. I mean, I don't care how rich you are. Like I, in my head, you have to <laughs> feel it when you miss out on four hundred thousand dollars. Um. Yeah. So, kind of to wrap this up, we'll make it more of a shorter episode today. Do you guys have an opinion on who, like, what was the most overrated performance of the day from yesterday? Jake, I'll start with you. Does someone stick out as, like, they're getting a lot of love and, like, I get they had a decent stat total, but, like, it was kind of fluffy? Um, I will continue to hate on Jason Tatum. Not, <laughs> I mean, he's getting the... The oh my god, this is a great shot. But along with that, like he's been an inefficient shooter and player for what I I feel as a good while now. And he'll put up twenty five points with twenty five um, shots, and then it's like oh he's averaging twenty five a game. Like it's just mellow to me. Mm-hmm. Will does anyone stick yeah, out Westbrook to you? Yeah, Westbrook had a triple double, but I mean. He's nine of twenty-two. 
He uh, was 0 for 2 from behind the arc. I I just can't get behind. I mean, I understand it's a triple-double, but it doesn't really mean that much to me when it comes from Westbrook. That team didn't look no, awful, and though. It's going to haunt me because Denny Avdia looks great. <laughs> like, he, he only scored 7, but he just looks like he knows what he's doing out there. And I'm sure everybody in the lottery drafted after Lamelo will be an all-star at some point, probably make All-NBA too, but... It just kills me knowing that mm-hmm. Lamelo is going to be a bust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he... it's just—it's going to take patience with him. I mean, he's young. We'll see. I think my guy. I'm trying to be a little bit different. Um, I'll go with Siakam. He was—he had 20 points, six rebounds, six assists. Couple of that with four turnovers, a minus 15 plus minus. Um, he shot under 50%. He just, like, he, he looked awkward. Um, Toronto didn't look very good at all. Uh, Fred Van Vliet looked awful, which is hilarious because they just gave him an absolute <laughs> bag. Um, I think he was, he was three for 12 with nine points. So, the I guess what you call the big three of Toronto just – didn't get it done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good day for Toronto. I don't think they need to hit the panic button, but I don't think that team is at the same level of Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia even. Like, I think Toronto is a six seed. Do you guys have any, like, parting predictions or – um, comments for the Christmas Day games before we wrap this up. Will, I'll go to yeah, you Yeah, Giannis is going to bust his ass trying to get you all to vote him for MVP for a third year in a row. <laughs> that, that, that is my <laughs> final prediction. I feel like Giannis wants a third in a row MVP, and he will do whatever it takes during the regular. He says he's all about the uh, finals, but I think, I mean, maybe this team has it, but I think he knows in the back of his head he probably can't win it in Milwaukee, so MVPs are going to be his NBA Finals. So uh, I yep. feel like he's going to do what everything it takes to get that MVP. So a 50-point game from Giannis. That's my uh, prediction for the Christmas Day games. Jacob, what's your your final Christmas Day prediction? Anything crazy? Uh, Jalen Brown is going to absolutely abuse the Nets. I, I, he's going to go big. <laughs> there you have it. Okay. <laughs> My my wild Christmas Day stat line is a 40-point, 20-rebound loss for Ooh, Jokic. I like that. I like that. Does he get a triple-double? Yeah, yeah well, you know, we'll do a 40-point, 20-rebound, 15-assist loss. It's going to be Jokic versus the Clippers, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh I thank you guys for another good basketball discussion Um, to you guys and to everyone that listens. I want to say Merry Christmas and uh, we look forward to talking again within the next couple of days. So will Jacob, Merry Christmas. Thank thank you. you.